first idea in increasing your profitability, see if you can lower your cost. Welcome to Biz Build Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at Diamondback.toolbelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. Welcome to the BizBuild Podcast. I'm your host, Diamondback Damani. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani on Instagram. I'm here with President and CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts, one Connor Crook. You can follow him at Diamondback.toolbelts on Instagram, where you can find everything and anything that there is to know about Diamondback Tool Belts. We're here to talk to you today on the BizBuild podcast about how to build a better business and, a superior, and present a superior product. Make sure that you go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That's really important for our visibility. We know you like the show, so go ahead and write one or two sentences on there and help us get our visibility up so that more people can enjoy the content that we're putting out here today. We really appreciate that. And thank you to all our listeners that are helping us reach record numbers in the last week. We are so excited to announce that we have surpassed 4,000 downloads since the beginning of the podcast and growing steadily every single day. Today, we are here to talk about the 80-20 rule. This is something that I've heard about in the past, never knew much about it. Um, I always thought the 80-20 rule was like, you know, of the 100% of women that you would pursue in your life, 80% of them are not worth your time and 20% of them don't want you. Um, But... That is not the case. The A20 rule in business has more to do about your profit and your work breakdown. And I've got Connor here to explain a little bit more about that. Well, the first thing I want to be very clear about, Damani, is I am not an FBI agent. <laughs> I'm also not the president and CEO. Just, let's just leave it at CEO. I really dislike the term CEO, but a president's like an old dude, man. Let's just stick with like CEO. It's got a little bit of class. It sounds a little pretentious, but yeah, yeah. president and CEO and FBI agent, that's like too much, man. You got way too many letters at the end of your day. I know he hates that title. I say that in jest. Um, so the CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts, but a very knowledgeable guy nonetheless. Talk to me a little bit about this 80-20 rule. So the 80-20 rule, uh, when you break down your business, 80% of what you're doing is not making you money, and 20% is making you 80% of your money. That's a really scary thought. It's a really scary thought. You like to think that the work that you're putting in is generating some sort of revenue. Well, one thing we're going to talk about is different between revenue and profit. Ah. But... um, you know, we were working with a consultant um, this past summer as we were going through and trying to, main thing we were just trying to do is boost our production because we kept running capacity issues. We, like, we, we couldn't make enough stuff. Right. And, Good uh, problem. Rich man's problems. 
upper middle should, class man's problems. Do, do I want to punch you now or later? <laughs> every time I hear somebody say, well, that's a good problem to have. Like, it's still a flipping problem, man. <laughs> um, so, yes, we were not able to keep up. And so we went to start looking for more manufacturing. And in this process of talking to this really smart um, consultant that we'd hired, he was um, talking about a lot of concepts. And he actually put me onto some books. And I think I listed one of them on, on that piece of paper. Islands um, of Profit in a Sea of Red Ink by Jonathan Burns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's dense. I mean, it's like business school textbook. Mm-hmm. If you skim over some of it, don't feel bad about it. But great book. Um, like a lot of books, I think I mentioned earlier, so the way I got through law school, um, read the first paragraph and the first sentence of every paragraph thereafter. Yeah, I've used that tool since then. It's incredible. Works like a charm. Got me through uh, majoring in political science. Got me through law school. Man, no way I could have ever read all that stuff. Um, so what's the idea? The idea is most of what you're doing is not making you money. Mm-hmm. There are islands of profits in that sea of red ink. And, and, the, and the job of a CEO or manager is to figure out where's the profit. Okay. And then how to maximize and grow that profit. And the profit defined as the money that's left over from your retail costs when you sub- subtract your actual costs from the amount that you sell your product for. Right. So there's a big difference between revenue and profit. I mean, you know, if, if you're a contractor and you're doing one type of work and, and you're just like, man, I'm making all my money doing X, mm-hmm. well, you might be making a huge amount of revenue there, but maybe your cost structure is out of whack and you're not actually profiting from it. And you're just spinning your wheels on what you think is where you're making your money because really where you're making your money mm-hmm. is a much smaller piece of your business mm-hmm. where your cost structure is better. Mm-hmm. Meaning the... the the difference between the, your cost and what you sell it for is greater. Exactly. Okay. So the, the, the trick is, and this can be very difficult, uh, we've been working on it a lot for the last seven months or so here at Diamondback, is trying to figure out, okay, am I, one is, what are my best sellers? What am I selling the most of? Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm selling a lot of something that doesn't cost very much or it doesn't, it doesn't have a high price, mm-hmm. then it's not making a lot of revenue. Right. But what if that small thing I'm selling, my little widget, whatever it is, this widget sells for $10, I'm selling a lot of them, but they only cost me like $2. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I got five-fold profit yeah. on that widget. Yeah. I got to sell more of those. I need to sell more of those. <laughs> yeah. Versus thinking, well, you know, man, I'm making all this money selling this $1,000 widget mm-hmm. that I'm only making 10% on. Mm. Okay. I got a lot more revenue there. Yeah. Selling a lot of units there, but I'm not making any profit there. See, you know, and I was thinking about that. I actually did a quick little little math thing that I wrote down comparing it to construction industry, big time contracts versus smaller jobs. So I was looking at it like, okay, I get one job that's going to take me a year, right? And it's a big million-dollar job, right? But the percentage of profit that I'm going to get on that job may be only 5%. Right. Okay, so at the end of the year, I take home $50,000. But then on the other side, there's the smaller jobs where maybe they're $200 a 
a job, right? And but the cost is only you only get you, you, the cost is only a hundred dollars, right? So you're making fifty percent, you know, off of that. At the end of the year, you got to do five hundred of those jobs, but you still make fifty thousand fifty uh, fifty thousand dollars in that year. What's the better scenario that you want to be in? Right. And so, where you're trying to say is, where am I making? You got to figure out where am I getting my profit. And how do I focus on that stuff? Mm-hmm. The next thing you figure out is one of the things that we've had here at Diamondback is okay. So we need to have we need to improve the the efficiency of this business. You know, mm-hmm. when, when we bought this business, it was one guy or one girl in a in a garage stitching one tool belt at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know that if if I make one table, mm-hmm. I want to. Cut all the pieces on my table saw, put them all together. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Well, if I make 100 tables, mm-hmm. it's going to be in my interest to say, wait a minute, I need to make some jigs here. Because if I make a jig to cut all these table legs, I'm going to invest some upfront time in making that jig, but I can then knock them out. Real fast. Okay, yes. Same thing in our production here. Diamondback is figuring out how to go from one person sewing in the garage to having we now have six manufacturing plants working for us. How do we then help them improve their process mm-hmm. so that they make money? Bring we, their costs down. We yeah. make money. Bring and our costs down. And we can keep making, a pro, uh, and we can keep growing this business while, you know, a lot of people say our, price, our product is expensive, but I think I'm very proud of the fact that since I bought this company in January of 2017, we started, well, producing products. We've not had any price increase. Right. Obviously, labor has gone up during that time. Mm-hmm. Our raw materials have gone up in that time. But we have worked to lower our expenses to a point where we're actually making a little bit of profit as a business while not counteracting those other forces. And a lot of that mm-hmm. is inefficiencies. Because the other side of the coin would be your expenses would go up or our expenses would go up. And then we would pass that cost onto the consumer by raising our prices as opposed to doing the legwork to figure out, okay, how do we bring our costs down even though prices are going up? Right. And so a lot of that becomes inefficiencies and it comes in efficiencies, not is inefficient, right? Right. Um, so, you know, one of the things we've done is move towards, as we now have six manufacturers, instead of having one manufacturer that makes all of the pouches, we can give factory one say, okay, I need you to make Eagle pouches. Mm-hmm. Make them all day long. Yeah. Become but, the best Eagle pouch maker ever. But I also want you to make uh, 10% of your production should be talent pouches. Mm-hmm. Now, why do I do that? Because I got another guy making talent pouches, mm-hmm. but what if his factory burns down? Or gets hit by a tornado. Or gets hit by a tornado, which has, of course, happened to us, which is why we've had some delays this <laughs> fall, winter, because... You know, it brings new meaning to tear the roof off this mother sucker. Yeah, or act of God. It's like, you know, <laughs> and, and, and of course, in your business, all you're thinking about is your business. Right. But your suppliers have other customers. And so, like, in this particular situation, what's happened to us is roof gets blown off of our factory in Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't just put them behind in making stuff for us. Right. <laughs> They're trying to catch up with everybody. You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. 
So whereas they and if we're the new client, then we're last on the list. So whereas they had originally promised we're going to give you X per week, mm-hmm. now they're like, we're trying to give you half X, man, because we're trying to get caught up with everybody else, even though we're working extra hours. Right. And you'll um, be lucky if you get half X. So now, you know, part of this build out is to say, okay, let's don't put all our eggs in one basket. Let's say, all right, you know, Damani Corp is making ninety percent of its production is eagle pouches, but they're also making talons because one day I might say, Yo, Mike Sewing just had the roof blown off. Uh-huh. I need you to make a bunch of talent pouches, pouches now. Good thing y'all still know how to do that. You have the core competency to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're not like trying to relearn how to do it. I'm glad that in this scenario, I'm actually contributing <laughs> to what's going on instead of destroying things. You weren't right. the one that built your factory in Hurricane and Tornado Alley. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm getting more clout in the BizBuild podcast. This is a red letter day. Let's keep it moving. All right. So let's get back to the, the specifics of 20% of your work equals 80% of your profit. I still don't quite understand, like, in my mind, I want there to be a direct correlation between me doing something and me making money from doing it. That seems reasonable. Right. But what this 80-20 rule is telling me is that that's not necessarily always the case. Right. It's, it's, and, and, and it's all, and, and even though it's, it's like you, you can't just say where you see the money, see the dollars. You have to, to, to understand profitability, you have mm-hmm. to understand your cost. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. And understanding your cost can be difficult. Mm-hmm. You have to break it out, not just, you know, one of the thing. another thing we've been doing here at Diamondback is switching from we buy a lot of the raw materials, we have them shipped to manufacturers, they then, pay, they then charge us a labor cost, it comes to us, and then kind of how much of that raw material got used is kind of behind the curtain, and so it's very difficult for us to figure out where the cost is. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to shift that model such that we just get a turnkey product. Mm-hmm. So meaning the manufacturer takes care of everything. We don't have to order no parts and no, nothing like that. They're doing all the ordering. They say this is how much it costs. We pay that specific amount, and then we just get the product. Right. And I tell them, I need you to use this material. Yeah. If you can find that material where I told you to, great. If you can find that material somewhere else, great. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just use this material, best price you can get. And so when you're running any type of business, you need to be able to find those hidden costs. And, and a lot of it may be simple things. Mm-hmm. How much time did you spend on the phone with that client? Mm-hmm. How much time did you spend reading the manual to use some new product that you were going to use on a particular job? Mm-hmm. Um, so your, the amount of time that goes into things can be very difficult. Then again, there's the and that's not turn and that's not directly correlating to money being brought in. Right. Then again, you might be the type of guy who says, "Well, you know, I keep a lot of standard products around in my shop. I've got screws and nails and boards and whatever. And you know, when I need something, I can just kind of grab it." Mm-hmm. You would be amazed mm-hmm. if you sat down and calculated how many times you're raiding your own piggy bank that. When at the end of the day, that that was one of the big things that was happening to us is it was like, oh, well, you know, they charged me this much in labor. And then, well, I kind of think this is about how much of my of, of those raw materials went in there. 
And then when I had someone really break it out, mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap. We're like basically giving that product away. Wow. So think about that, you know, in the construction side, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of one guy I know who is in his garage, he's got bins of all these commonly used fasteners and little parts. Well, you got to th- al- make an allowance for how much you're grading your own cookie jar to go into that job. Mm. And if you actually don't, you know, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life, but maybe you just decide, you know what, on this one job, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the time, go buy all that stuff. Or I'm just going to write it down. Oh, okay. You know, I'm going to take the time to, on this job, I came in here and grabbed a five-pound box of nails mm. that I just kind of had lying around. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure I grabbed that extra gallon of paint that I kind of had laying around. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. And when you add up all of those costs, you mm-hmm. will be amazed how much profit you're giving away because you just thought, ah, just a little bit of stuff. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It's like the... I, I, I think of it like the cigarettes rule, right? Like one cigarette may cost you five cents, but over the course of a year, if you're a regular smoker, you're spending like $15,000. You could have just bought a car. You could have just bought a car. (laughs) But because you're chipping away at it in such small amounts incrementally over the year, you don't even realize how much you've actually spent on that little thing. That's right. That's right. So then once you can kind of start to understand what your cost, what your actual cost is, Mm -hmm. then you can look at what, then you have to figure out, okay, how much revenue am I making for each job? And then you can start to figure out where your profit is. Now, now that you've figured out where your profit is, then you have to make, then you have to start culling. And that's Mm -hmm. the other part of the 80-20 rule is. That sounds kinky. What's that word mean? You get rid of stuff. Oh, you get rid of stuff. Okay, I was about to. I, I thought I saw that in an X-rated flick one time. No, right. that's why Debbie does calling. Or, or. No, 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 that's, that's what. You, that's when you call Joe and you say, "Joe, you're not getting your red pouch." Oh, okay, right on. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Because what happened with us is we looked at red and blue pouches together mm-hmm. were 15 percent of our total sales. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth it. Right. Get rid of that and focus on what's moving and mm-hmm. what you're selling. Right. Um, so, in in once you've figured out your cost, once you've figured out your revenue, then you can start figuring out your profitability, and then you start thinking, "Holy smokes, this is where I'm sort of making the most money now." Now you got a couple of calculations you can make. You can say, "Okay, well, I'm making a lot of revenue with this one particular thing, but and I do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really going to have to." either lower my cost or raise my price there mm. to make that profitable. Right. Or, and or, you look at another section of your of your piece of your pie there, and you're like, I got a lot of profit in this area, mm-hmm. but I'm not really doing much of this. Mm-hmm. So then you think, I need to be doing more of this. Right. Let me figure out how to sell more of this thing. Where I'm right. So there's profit. two two ways to look at this profit matrix. Is one, I'm, I'm doing a lot of this, but I'm not making much money at it. So I need to figure out a, a way to adjust my cost, cost structure. Mm-hmm. Or this is where I'm making all my profit. I just need to do more of it. Hmm. Which one would be easier to do? I mean, I feel like it's easier to to lower your cost, figure out a way to lower your cost on the thing that's already moving as opposed to move more of the thing that the cost is already low. Well, now you're only looking at one side of the balance sheet. Okay. Lowering your cost. Mm-hmm. 
Well, maybe the reason you're getting so much work doing that, yeah, because you're not charging enough. Ah, uh, right on. That makes sense. Now, on the other hand, everyone's like, "Man, do you see how much this costs from this guy?" Everyone hire that dude. That's right. This guy's an idiot. He's charging twenty percent less than everybody else. He doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Right. So, well, you know, there's two ways. One, raise your price. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is figure out how to lower your cost. Mm-hmm. Now. Lowering your costs can come in a number of different ways. One, I can I can use lesser quality materials. That's not an option oftentimes. Right. You know, for us here at Diamondback, we're not going to say, oh, well, we're just going to use a, a, a lesser grade material. Right. I said that in our case. I'm not dinging anybody if they choose to do that. But There may be a way to lower the cost of that product because you find a different supplier. There may be a way where you can work out a relationship with that supplier where you can say, look, instead of me coming in here and buying 10 of these every week, I want to buy 1,000. Right. And, of course, then you get into cash flow issues of like, well, I can't afford to do that. Well, maybe we could go a different different level. We say, Damani, I want to buy 1,000 of these things, and I need them to be here because I got this big job coming up. I can't can't pay for 1,000 of them today. Mm -hmm. Tell you what. Let's work out a deal where I'm going to use a thousand of these over the next six months, mm-hmm. and you just bring them in so that I can come in here and buy a hundred at a time. At yeah. a time, mm-hmm. and, and I'll even pay, at first when you bring in those hundred at a time, I'll come in, I'll get the hundred, I'll pay for them today. Right, and then maybe next year I come to you and I say, "Man, business was so good with those thousand. This year I need five thousand, mm-hmm. so I need you to bring me a thousand a month." I tell you what. You get me the thousand, I'll come pick them up, but I I want thirty day terms. Right. So now you're improving your cash flow, mm. as at the same time you're improving your profitability because you're lowering the cost of that product. You're making sure that you have it all of the time, mm-hmm. and so you're increasing your profit without having to charge more. And and the, your ability to be able to negotiate that sort of deal probably has a lot to do with the relationship that you have with. The people you're working it's with. It's all about relationships. Because the first time you go and pitch that to somebody, they're going to say, who the heck are you? Right. I'm but, not doing that. <laughs> right. That's why I said, you know, the first time it was just like, hey, I'm going to need some of these every week. Just make sure you got them for me. Right. Then you talk about, hey, I need a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Make sure you got them. And I want a little bit of payment terms, a little bit of credit here. Mm-hmm. And that's what for us at Diamondback, for some of the products we buy, is to just say, look, I'm going to need this much of it. Right. Just make sure you have it available. I will buy it. And, and you can even make a deal with them such that at the end of the year, if I haven't bought it all and you still got some in here, I'll buy it. Hmm. Well, you know, whatever's left, I'll whatever's come in left, and buy it right. all at once. Because you took a risk. You you, you went out on a limb right. for me and you brought all this stuff in. It's all about balancing the risk. I had this right. conversation with a guy just yesterday about supplying us cloth. And he's like, well, you know, you're saying you want a lot of cloth. That's a lot of cloth for us to custom dye for you in your particular green. Mm-hmm. How do we know we're going to use it all? And so then we're trying to figure out a way that works for both of us. So it's like, oh, you know, don't give it. This is how much I need next year, but I don't need it all at once. Yeah. Let's do it in increments, right. and we'll build a relationship of trust based on you know you having it ready and me paying for it on right. our agreed upon terms. And, I'm, and you're always going to pay on time, you know, so the person's not having to chase you down for right. that money. 
So that's one way that you can address cost is by setting up some sort of long-term relationship. Um, you can find a, you know, find a different supplier, find a way to get a better pricing from that supplier, either buying in volume all at once or buying in volume over time. If that is, That's always going to be better because that keeps cash in your pocket mm-hmm. rather than investing it into pipe fittings that you know, you're going to use over the course of the year. Because right. if business goes bad, you can't take those pipe fittings to the grocery store. <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> so, so there are a lot of ways. So anyway, that's just to say, first idea in increasing your profitability, see if you can lower your cost. Tune into the next episode of the BizBuild podcast for part two of this conversation. You won't want to miss it. You've just been listening to the BizBuild podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe.